0: and
1: I've diagnosed some people I think it's been pretty accurate definitely
0: done my fair share of psychiatry work
1: I've prescribed a few pills you know
0: Crime and me. Hello and welcome
1: to this to... week's episode of Crime and we're already messing up great
0: <laughs> classic. This is Crime and E, your classy, classic clasterson. Um we are your hosts, Matt and Ange, and we're gonna tell you some things. Probably. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hopefully well, this actually records.
1: Hooray! We can never do this without like a serious problem happening.
0: So I mean we are clumsy. Cursed somehow. Cursed. You're in. Our souls are cursed.
1: Yeah, it was that Peruvian woman cursed us.
0: She did because we did not give her the correct amount of money. We didn't give her enough money. To take a picture with a baby llama. So that's on us and we accept our fate.
1: Uh, I don't accept it, but it seems to be happening anyway, so.
0: She did say, you are cursed forever. Or I swear, I assume she said, but.
1: Whatever she um, said, I believe it because yeah. <laughs> it it's was happening.
0: Very intense. Yes. She like almost chased us down an alleyway. We gave her,
1: her all money. the money that we had.
0: Yeah, yeah. They want well, it's more. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. <gasps> anyway. Yeah. So uh, moving on from curses and into some murder. <laughs> <sighs> I got my information from. Good old Wikipedia, Washington Post, New York Daily News, and ThoughtCo.com. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so today's episode is brought to you by the letter B. B as in bonkers. This story is bonkers. Okay. It's also about brothers. Three oh. brothers, to be exact. Brothers with the last name Briley.
1: Oh, my God. It really is a bee. (laughs) (laughs) And also Humble Bee Herbal.
0: Check out our sponsors, Humble Bee Herbal. They have some wonderful products that you will love. Mother's Day is
1: coming up. Whatever, whoever the mother is in your life. Mothers take many forms. And whoever the person is in your life that has been like a mother, get them a nice gift box. They already have them put together. It's super easy. You just... Pick one, and then buy it, and they'll and send they will it, ship to it to, to there,
0: And they will ra- put a handwritten note in with the package. It's they really wrap cute. it up all cute. Put a little bow on it.
1: Easy peasy lemon squeezy.
0: So do it. Go to Humblebeeherbal.com. Use code CRIMENY20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. And get your mama something nice. All
1: right, back to your bees.
0: Bees. Not the bumbling Bees. But the murderous brother bees.
1: <laughs> brother bees.
0: So the three brothers were in order of importance. I mean, age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the eldest was, his name is Linwood Earl Briley. Wow. And then there was James diral Dierall, James Dierall Briley Jr. And Anthony Ray Briley
1: interesting they did a junior second
0: yeah well hmm hmm that is interesting I don't know I guess you can't waste it on the first
1: okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well anyway they were each about two years apart so it's like yeah 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 um, Linwood was born in nineteen fifty four, and then James in fifty six, and then Anthony in fifty eight. Very cute, nicely spaced out.
1: Perfect, <laughs> lovely fifties family.
0: Adorbs. Uh, they were raised by their parents Bertha and James Senior.
1: Oh Bertha.
0: Oh Bertha. <laughs> and they were they were raised in a middle class neighborhood in Richmond, Virginia, Virginia. Uh huh. Bertha worked as a food service employee at Virginia Union University, and James Senior worked at a local concrete and pipe company. So your average middle class, or what was middle class, and is yeah, I was now like say, that's
1: not happening <laughs> anymore. No, but,
0: but that was uh, you know mm-hmm. and they had like a nice little two story house, mm-hmm. and the neighbors said that the boys were very helpful. That like they would help them out with car troubles and mow lawns for neighbors, so it started out good.
1: Mm-hmm. It always does.
0: Yeah, uh, growing up, the the brothers like to keep exotic pets nope. in their home. Mm-mm. Oh, is that does that cross the line for you? That because crosses it crosses a line. It, you for know, me. it crossed the line for a couple articles, and I was like, really? Are you kidding me? Well, listen, they had tarantula. No, no listen, Ugh. tarantulas, mm-hmm. snakes. Doberman Pinchers.
1: <laughs> Those are exotic. <laughs> and,
0: and the weird, okay, the weird one was piranhas, uh, which I didn't know you could keep as pets. Um, but, like, a couple articles and th- this prosecutor was, like, tried to make it sound like, well, that's where it all went wrong. These boys had snakes and spiders. What did you expect?
1: I mean, here's my thing about the exotic <laughs> animals is exotic animals aren't meant to to be in a home they're meant to be no. wild yes. animals so sure. i'm highly Except against that
0: the doberman pincher well
1: yeah the, i mean that's not exotic <laughs> at, at all they
0: threw that in there yeah
1: i don't know because they're scary i don't yeah, know scary. Uh, but uh, i mean i've always wanted a tarantula but then the more i learn about tarantulas the more it's like okay well they belong in the wild.
0: Yeah, like, all their think... little
1: hairs are nerve endings. So Ooh. when you hold a tarantula, they get really, like, tired. They get, like, whisker fatigue, like cats do. <laughs> so they can't, like, you're not supposed to, like, hold them all the time.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you don't get a tarantula or a snake to be, like, a cuddle friend.
1: Uh, I wanted a tarantula to be a cuddle friend. They're <laughs> hairy and cute.
0: <laughs> They're so cool. Oh. Uh I So the only thing that I can think of is that they were talking about – that they kind of, ex well, I don't know where they got the source that said this, but that they were, like, excited to, like, feed the snakes, like, live mm-hmm. creatures and stuff. And the and piranhas, then,
1: too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and then
0: that's where it was, like, a little bit disturbing. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you have a snake, you got to feed it, so...
1: Well, maybe that's why you shouldn't have a snake.
0: Well, I mean, potato, potato is what I like to say. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Also, in the uh, this book I'm reading, it talks about Suge Knight, and I guess in his office, he had piranhas, and if people, if he was, like, trying to intimidate them, he'd, like, feed them mice in front of him and, like, threaten to, like, shove their head in his piranha tank
0: and shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, don't <laughs> fuck with piranhas.
1: No, they belong out in the rivers of the Amazon or whatever, wherever they live. Leave them Man. alone.
0: Whatever happened to that? Piranhas used to be in, like, every movie. That and Quicksand. Everyone was, like, dying in Quicksand or Piranhas. Yes.
1: Yes. Two of my major fears as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Piranhas and Quicksand, which are, like, never... I'm never going to encounter either of those, like, where I live,
0: so... (laughs) I think I'm okay, but, but... But the movies made it seem like you could just encounter them anywhere. and You then just like
1: walk in sand and all of a sudden it like eats you. It was quick.
0: You. It was real quick. And that's it. You're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and there are the piranhas bottom. waiting at the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> to eat exactly.
1: your toes. <laughs> Ooh.
0: That's why you don't leave your feet uncovered. The piranhas will bite you.
1: Oh, damn. Mm. I love being barefoot.
0: Well, not anymore.
1: Mm.
0: Not with those snapping piranhas.
1: Everywhere. They're everywhere.
0: But, I mean, okay, so whatever. <laughs> they yep. liked exotic pets. Okay. And then, like, their other hobby that they enjoyed as a brotherhood, they uh, they liked saving newspaper clippings about gang activities. Okay. So, yeah, well, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Everyone's got a hobby.
1: <laughs> oh, the days of newspaper clippings.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah
1: scrapbooking newspaper clippings
0: <laughs> so yeah they you know they were ne- they were helpful to their neighbors but apparently like classmates in school said that they harassed and bullied
1: mm. the, the
0: other kids
1: Mm-mm.
0: and uh, it didn't really say much about their parents but i'm guessing that their dad was abusive because all the articles say that they were kind of, like, indifferent to adults that tried to have authority over them, but, like, that their dad scared them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh-huh. uh... So, you know, a little, like... You know, teens, typical teens, not listening to their parents and having their piranhas and their newspaper
1: books. stories.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty regular and average, if I say so. Myself... Not that I had that. Yeah, really. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a cat that bit, so that's kind of like a piranha. A cat that bit? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty hardcore.
1: I do remember killing spiders for you
0: as well, which I feel really bad because I
1: would never kill a spider now.
0: Yeah, now I like spiders and I don't kill them, but Mm -hmm. they were terrible. I mean, I was just trying to
1: save you and your life. I don't know.
0: I had a very traumatizing spider event. Yeah. Where I grabbed my stuffed bunny off the shelf, and a spider crawled out its ear and bit me. Yeah. So it's pretty traumatizing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, back to them.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> okay, fine. So during their teen years, their parents split up, but it was said to be amicable and that there wasn't any drama. They were just like, we're on different life paths, whatever. Okay. Um, For some reason, though, the boys ended up staying with their dad. Mm. And during the same time, James Sr., the dad, was growing concerned about Linwood's influence on the two other boys. Uh Uh-oh. I'm not exactly sure what happened. but That does not um, sound good. But James Sr. started to fear his sons to the point where he began locking himself in his bedroom at night with a padlock.
1: Ooh yeah, that is not
0: good. That's not good. That's not good. Ooh. <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay, And so then you know, as as it happens, once trouble starts, it goes downhill real fast. Mm-hmm. On january twenty eighth um, nineteen seventy one, Lin- Linwood was sixteen at the time and he was home alone. His neighbor, 57-year-old Orlean Christian, was outside hanging her laundry. Or maybe her name is Orlean. <laughs> O-R-L-I-N-E. Orlean. Yeah, it sounds like Orlene. Orlean. Orlean. Yeah, probably or- Orlene. So 57-year-old Orlean Christian was outside hanging her laundry up to dry. Because oh, in the Orlean. olden times, we used to use the sun's power to dry still clothes. still use the
1: sun's power to dry <laughs> clothes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you hang What's them up the best there. That's the way and... to dry
1: your clothes.
0: Yeah, except they're all, like, itchy and hard and crunchy.
1: I don't even... <laughs> don't I, look I, at me like that. I'm not even gonna... I can <laughs> I don't... Okay.
0: okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my experience.
1: Gross. <laughs> so, Gross.
0: Anyway, so she's hanging her laundry up on the lines, and for no apparent reason other to, other than just some old teenage fun times... Linwood got a rifle out of the closet and aimed it out of the second story of his house and fired on Orlean.
1: Okay, here's the thing. You're afraid of your children and you have guns Guns. in the house Mm -hmm. that they can easily access. Like, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, James Sr., you're doing it wrong.
0: Something's not right. (laughs) And so he shot at her and she dropped dead immediately. (gasps) Mm Mm-hmm somehow nobody saw or heard the gun go off so when someone ended up finding her body they just assumed that she had died of like a heart attack or stress because like her husband had died recently and she was like really stressed out about things and i guess i don't think i don't think her health was like the best no um, one saw
1: a gunshot wound
0: yeah not not really until Uh, yeah, until some relatives that were at the funeral home or whatever, they noticed this, like, red spot, like, on her dress under her arm, and they were like, um, can you guys, like, just double check, because that's weird, and they examined her body, and they found a bullet, and that that was the cause of death. Yeah, I think it was, like, a really small bullet, and it, like, went in underneath her arm, kind of, because her arm was up, just putting stuff. And when they're, the like, clothes.
1: embalming the body and stuff, they don't notice?
0: No, it was before the embalming. Like, she was still in her, like, dress or whatever that she was killed in. Like, they brought her in there. Oh, and they were just like, oh, like, it's probably just a heart attack. And then, what yeah, the a relative fuck? was like, that looks like blood. Yeah. Um. So a detective, he went out to where her body had been found. Yeah. And kind of, like, he used a, like, a two-by-four as, like, a stand-in and kind of, like, drilled a hole where the bullet would have been on her. Right. And then he, like, laid it on the ground. And he was like, huh, the bullet hole points directly to, like, the window up on in uh, the, uh, yeah, where crazy. the...
1: Crazy. The, their name?
0: The Briley family lives. So, wow. yeah, the detectives, like, got a search warrant for the Briley house. And when they went in they found the murder weapon and linwood co- linwood confessed when they were like we have the you know we have all the evidence we have the gun we have the bullet we know that you did it you were the only one here and then he said i heard she had heart problems she would have died soon anyway
1: so it wasn't a big deal yep
0: so you know charmer
1: this poor woman just uh-huh. doing her laundry and just happens to have like the worst neighbors ever Yeah. Fucking me.
0: His attorney argued that it had been an accident and that Linwood was shooting at pigeons and didn't mean to to shoot her.
1: Why are you shooting at pigeons out your window?
0: (laughs) Well, you just, you know, like you do, shooting your pigeons out your window. That's okay. I'm just like in my neighborhood
1: (laughs) fucking shooting pigeons.
0: Yep.
1: Totally fine.
0: Well, I mean... Something worked because God. Lin- Linwood was found guilty okay. of manslaughter. Oh.
1: No.
0: And he served a little more than one year in a reform school.
1: <sighs> okay, I get that he's like a kid. Uh huh. But no. <laughs> one year?
0: Yep. In like a juvenile detention reform school or something something like that.
1: Uh uh-uh.
0: Okay. You know, he was totally reformed and that's the end of my story. Obviously. <laughs> okay well obviously he wasn't reformed and maybe i mean maybe he was good for a bit or he got good at hiding things because he it seemed like he stayed out of trouble for a while um well, he when went his,
1: home after that
0: yeah when Back his brother's house yes okay. as far as i can tell mm-hmm. um when his brother james jr was 16 he served time in juvenile hall for firing a gun at a police officer during a pursuit of him of him yeah he was being chased and he just fired a gun yeah but um other than that there wasn't much
1: i mean i feel like that's a big one but
0: i mean it's a big one but not (laughs) compared to what happens next oh shit so there wasn't really much until 1979 which was the year the boys went nuts and terrorized virginia shit yes shit on March 12th of 1979, the three brothers and an accomplice named Duncan Eric Meekins, and um, Duncan was, like, 16 at the time, and oh, they're all, like, in their 20s. Duncan. Um, they pulled up to a house in Henrico, Enrico, well, okay, it's Enrico <laughs> with an H, Henrico County.
1: Uh-huh, okay.
0: I mean, it's Virginia, uh-huh. so I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, who knows? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Linwood knocked on the door to a couple's house, telling the couple William and Virginia Boucher that they they were having car trouble and they needed to use their phone. Oh no! Once the door was open, Linwood they're just po- preying on these totally mm-hmm. like innocent,
1: yep. going about their business, trying to help people. Ugh, 100%. I fucking Hate them.
0: You're gonna love the rest of this story, then.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> fuck.
0: So Linwood pulled a gun and forced his way into the house, um, and then he, like, waved his youngest brother, Anthony, inside. And when they were inside, the two brothers tied the couple up and searched the house for valuables, all the while dousing the house in kerosene. <sighs> yep. Yep. They're, like, looking around, doing a little and splashing of the kerosene, digging, diggin', and splashin'. They <laughs> got, you know, whatever loot that they could, packed it up, and put it in the trunk of their car, so they got like a TV, a CB radio, oh boy. a pistol, and some jewelry. And then once they had their loot out, they lit a match and tossed it into the kerosene-soaked house. Luckily, William somehow was able to free himself from the restraints and untied his wife.
1: Oh, my God.
0: They were able to escape just before the house went up in flames. Like, they had poured kerosene on oh their bodies.
1: God. Oh, my God.
0: Unfortunately, their cat was not so lucky oh, and no. ended up dying in the fire. Oh no, I know. Sorry to include that. And then on March 21st of 1979, the Briley gang once again forced their way into the home of Michael McDuffie, who was a 20 year- old vending machine serviceman. They assaulted him, robbed his house, and then fatally shot him. They then put his body inside his car and then left. Mm-hmm. Ten days later, on March 31st, Linwood shot and killed 28-year-old Elric Alvin Clark over a drug dispute that involved Duncan Meeks. On November 9th, the brothers followed 76-year-old Mary Gowan, who was walking home from a babysitting job at night. Oh, no. They robbed and assaulted her in front of her apartment. Oh, no. And then once inside, they raped her repeatedly and fatally shot her in the head. And they got away with a bunch of valuables that were in her house. Somehow, she survived the attack, but fell into a coma the next day and then died a few weeks later. Yeah. And then on July 4th, or as we like to say, the 4th of July... Or fireworks and hot dogs day in the United States. Uh, Well, this has nothing to do with that dumb holiday that people over here celebrate. Anyway, the gang saw 16, sorry, 17 year old Christopher Phillips near their car and they assumed that he was like fucking with their car or trying to break into it or trying to steal it or something. I mean, you know, when you look for a reason, you usually find it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they see this kid near their car and they're like, that kid is up to no good. So they surrounded him and dragged him into a nearby backyard where they wrestled him to the ground as he was screaming for help. They beat and kicked him and then Linwood picked up a cinder block and brought it down onto Christopher's (sighs) head, smashing his skull in and he died.
1: This is horrible.
0: I know. Well, I had to make up for the two cases that didn't have enough. I don't
1: think you did. (laughs) This is just awful.
0: Sorry. Well, I told you. I warned you. It's bad. It's real bad. Yeah, it's real bad. On September 14th, popular DJ named John Gallagher, or Johnny G, who was 62, was playing in a nightclub. When he went outside in between sets, probably to like smoke a cigarette or just get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. He like literally just like opened the door to step outside to like Uh smoke a cigarette or just chill out after a set. And the Briley gang was outside at the same time laying in wait for a victim. I just
1: hate like how random. Not that it's like never, it's never okay, obviously, even if it's like not random, but this is just like so terrifying because it's so random.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. makes it even harder for police to connect. Well,
1: yeah, cuz they don't the even dots. have like the victims mm-hmm. are like not the same at all. Mm-hmm. They're doing exactly. crazy other th- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So they they had been out all night looking for a victim but oh, hadn't good. had luck up until this time. Oh, fuck. So they kind of parked outside the club and they decided the first person to come out of the n- the nightclub door would be the What is victim. their
1: end game? Just like mayhem
0: kind of, I guess. I could never figure it out. Oh, fuck. When John came outside, they assaulted him and took him to his car and forced him into his own trunk oh. of his Lincoln Continental. They then drove to an old abandoned paper mill out by the James River on Mayo Island. Um, John was pulled out of the tru- trunk, the trunk, not the truck trunk, <laughs> just the trunk.
1: Just the regular trunk the of regular the
0: Regular car trunk. Yeah, He was robbed of the $6 he had on him. What the fuck? The gang divvied up the money. A
1: fucking A. Like, what's the point?
0: (laughs) And then they shot John in the head, execution style. They then dumped his body in the river where it was found floating two days later.
1: Well, it's clearly not about, like, money.
0: No, it's about Because they could have gotten more money
1: if they had just, like, made him go, you know, at the club or whatever. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to tell what their motivation is for me. I mean, I think it's just... Mayhem and terror. I think they Just were violence. fascinated by like, because they had violence. those Doberman
1: pinchers, is it was what the it was. Pinchers
0: and the newspaper clippings
1: and the scrapbooking.
0: Yep. Scrapbooking. First sign I mean, of
1: things going wrong is when your kids start scrapbooking.
0: Yeah. Oh, all hell breaks loose once they start asking for those little, one of those little like corner things that you yeah. can, like, that had little stick them on them and they would hold yep. the photos in. Yeah. Yep. Once they start asking for those, I don't
1: think those would work so well with the newspaper.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you gotta get glue sticks.
1: Or when they wanna to go to the scrapbooking store and get the cute mm-hmm. stickers. Oh and, my god. You know, set up little scenes. Oh, so many <laughs> cute
0: stickers. God.
1: Uh, too bad we never had the patience for scrapbooking.
0: No, we but have we so did many have
1: unfinished books. We just had
0: bad sticker envy. <laughs> So I remember going to those scrapbooking stores and being like, oh, I wish I had so much money so I could get these cute, yes! sparkly dolphin stickers yes. or whatever the, the fuck stickers. it all the
1: stickers. All the stickers all the time.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a slippery slope from sticker to slice them up and murder.
1: Yep. That's so what I'm saying. Be yeah. warned,
0: all you parents out there, once your kids want stickers. <laughs> you don't know don't get them that sticker book don't get them a sticker book that's
1: the gateway <laughs> it's the gateway drug. to the scrapbook
0: Then once you get the scrapbook murder yeah so yeah as long as we all know that
1: <laughs> i mean it's pretty logical you know <laughs> to follow that to its yes. rightful conclusion
0: it's very rightful conclusion i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah okay. i like it okay <laughs> um, when when the gang was eventually caught months later, Linwood was found to be wearing John's ring. Oh,
1: fucking idiot.
0: Mm-hmm. So it gets, I'm not going to say it gets worse, but it continues on.
1: <laughs> it continues it's, in badness.
0: Yes. Uh, in poor taste, it continues. So in September. <laughs> <poor taste. laughs>
1: it <was just> That's like, <laughs> like the mildest way to put it. This is all in poor taste
0: <laughs> this is all in poor taste sorry september 30th 62 year old private nurse mary wilfong was followed home to her apartment once she got to her front door the gang surrounded her and linwood beat her to death with a baseball bat they then stepped over her body and went inside the apartment to rob it of valuables five days later on october 5th the uh not far from. This is yeah. all
1: the same year.
0: This this is is all is like,
1: happening like days. Yeah, between like, months. Every between. like
0: ten days, fifteen days. This one's five days after Mary right. was murdered. Not so. Far, yeah.
1: Virginia police are just like, what the fuck is going on?
0: I mean, I'm sure that they have their fair share, their fair share of like horrible yeah crimes sure. anyway happening. And then, yeah, the bodies are turning up, but they they don't seem connected. So it right. seems like they just have a Ugh. bunch of open cases.
1: So they're just running around free mm-hmm. doing shit. Okay.
0: So this next incident took place not too far from the Briley home. Uh, brothers assaulted 79-year-old Blanche Page, bludgeoning her to death. And then they beat and stabbed her border, like this guy that was living at her house. Yeah. Who's fifty nine year old Charles Garner? Charles was beaten and stabbed with various weapons, including a baseball bat, five knives, a pair of scissors, and a fork. S- yes, a fork.
1: So this is just the four of them, right? The four of them going yep. around. Yep.
0: The uh, the Fuck. scissors and fork were left embedded in his back. Mm. Investigators commented that the killing of Charles was one of the most brutal murders they had ever seen.
1: What year is this?
0: Seventy
1: nine. It's kind of rep- reminiscent, reminiscent, Repiniscent.
0: It's kind <laughs> of the- reminiscent
1: of the Manson murders, like the fork left in oh, yeah. the body. Yeah. Ten years later.
0: Uh-uh. Okay. I Didn't even think about that. Mm. I don't think they did either, but I don't think they were doing Coffee much thinking. Cats. Mm. On October 14th, Duncan, the young the young gentleman that was following around the gang, the gang apprentice, if you will. The young uh, gentleman? What? I don't think
1: so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, a piece of shit, little sixteen year old. He fatally shot thirty-two year old Thomas Saunders. I think it was like a drug you know, some, some kind of drug scuffle. Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Linwood,
0: Linwood and James were also involved in that incident, but not the Anthony. Drug scuffle. The drug scuffle. hmm. Drug shuffle scuffle. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it continues. On October 19th of the same year, the brothers were on the prowl again, looking for a victim, and they were like really close to home. And they noticed a friend of theirs named Harvey Wilkerson, who was twenty seven. Like he was outside, and then he saw the brothers and kind of went into his house and locked the door.
1: Uh it doesn't sound like they're friends so much.
0: Well, I, they're gonna it, go it, attack It was said yeah. that like Harvey had been friends with the Briley brothers for years, uh-huh. and that they they all shared a passion for snakes. Okay. Yeah, so, like, Harvey had a bunch of snakes, and they had a bunch of snakes, yeah. and they'd talk snakes, you know.
1: Yeah, you got talk snake.
0: Snakes and drugs, uh, I think, was their game. And.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds like he knew something was up. He's like, uh, fuck no.
0: Yeah, he's like, this isn't good. Good bae. And they decided that he would probably make a good mark since uh, they were under the impression that he was dealing drugs and that he probably had a bunch of money and drugs or, or drugs and money.
1: Right. They kind of go hand in hand. Uh,
0: But, uh, yeah. So they kind of zeroed in on Harvey when he closed the door and he was living with his 23 year old pregnant wife, Judy Barton and their five year old son, Harvey Wayne Barton. The brothers approached the door and began demanding to be let in. Uh, no. Okay, yeah, that's, like, he would think so, but then, for some reason, fearful of what they might do if he didn't comply, Harvey opened the door for them. Well, maybe he
1: thought, like, hey, we're friends, like, I could talk him down.
0: Yeah. It's probably well, just,
1: like, a misunderstanding or something, and I could just, like, smooth it over.
0: Right, because, like, literally it said, like, they, I mean, they had kind of grown up together. Like, Harvey was around their same age. They grew up on the same block. It's like, oh, like, they
1: just, you know, have snake talk Snake issues. We got to do snake gotta... talk. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and we're just going to do some snake talk, and then they'll go home.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just snake talk. It's never just snake talk. Mm-mm. When he opened the door, both Harvey and Judy were overpowered. They were bound and gagged with duct tape. Linwood brought Judy into the kitchen where he raped her and he did it. So making sure that the others could hear it. Oh, God. Then when he was done, Duncan, little apprentice Duncan, stepped in and took his turn.
1: What the fuck is Duncan's deal? (laughs) God damn it. He's like a kid. Like fucking Uh. hang out with people your own age who aren't shitheads.
0: Yeah, well maybe Fucking he was a Duncan. snaker. He like, you got once you go snake and scrapbooking, maybe this episode was brought to you by the letter S. Uh, <laughs>
1: snakes and scrapbooks. <laughs> and shitheads.
0: And shitheads and Yeah. I s- 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 I don't know what else. But
1: You <laughs> ran out the, of S words? After I ran like out of like,
0: S <laughs> I was like I I only know two S words. Silly. They weren't silly. (laughs) No.
1: That's okay. Let's move on. It's okay.
0: Okay. Stabby. They were stabby.
1: Yeah. Okay. Stabby.
0: So uh, after the horrible uh, raping of this woman, they dragged her back into the living room and then they started searching the house for valuables. Okay, Okay. Then Linwood, he left the house and he kind of told, like, his brother James that, you know, you're in charge. Like, clean it up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the three remaining gang members covered their victims in sheets. And then James told Duncan, you've got to get one. To which Duncan took his pistol and a pillow and shot Harvey in the head Uh. through the pillow multiple times. And then James shot Judy to death. And then shot little five-year-old Harvey and killed him. Oh, God. Mm Mm-hmm. Police had been in the area when all this was going down, but they couldn't pinpoint where the gunshots had come from. Oh,
1: God.
0: So they began canvassing the area, and they did see the gang running on foot at high speeds. Kind of
1: obvious.
0: Yeah, and they were like... (laughs) Nope <laughs> running at a high
1: speed? <laughs> yeah, that's what it
0: said in the article, high speeds. <laughs> it wasn't speeds. like a nice jog. No. It was
1: like high speed running. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they
0: must have been wearing things with like flames on them because you know how that oh, makes you go looked faster? really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the police were like, whoa. They're
1: like, whoa, it's a Just blur. Like, flames.
0: Yeah, exactly. Their shoes Just
1: are on fire. They're going so fucking fast. So fast. <laughs>
0: high speeds, rates of high speeds were happening.
1: God damn it.
0: And the police were like, note to self. Let's, get flame uh, shoes. <laughs> let's get some flame shoes, and also maybe keep an eye out for these guys because uh-huh. we can't connect them to anything yet. But that looked suspicious as fuck.
1: Yeah, Which what do you do? I'm surprised that
0: I, I'm surprised because I feel like cops nowadays would just like shot them all dead right there.
1: Yeah, ask questions later. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. running, so clearly, clearly. You know, they did I mean, something I feel wrong. like they're running, and then if a cop is like, "Stop!" and they don't stop, then they're resisting arrest, you shoot them. Well,
0: that's how it goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's their training, apparently. I mean, maybe uh, they should have done it in
1: this case. (gasps) Oh,
0: God. You can never win.
1: (laughs) No fair trials all the way, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fucking A.
0: So three days later, someone requested a welfare check on Harvey and Judy. Mm. Yeah. And as the police approached the apartment, they noticed that the front door was left open. And the officers walked into a traumatizing scene.
1: Isn't that kind of weird, though, that neighbors wouldn't be like, hey, their door's been open?
0: Well, it wasn't, like, wide open. It was just kind of, like, ajar. So, okay. like, my, I don't think it was noticeable from the street. But then when you, like, stepped up, you're like, that's not yeah. closed all the way. Okay. Um, and before the Briley brothers left the house, they had released all of Harvey's pet snakes in the apartment. And Aww. also... Well, I guess they had a couple things in common because also Harvey had some Doberman pinchers that were little, little, little pincher puppies yeah. that were left in the house. Um, and unfortunately, these puppies, you know, were left without food or water yeah. for three days and they kind of destroyed a lot of the apartment. So there wasn't much evidence to collect yeah. because of how destroyed everything was. Yeah, uh, And... Animal control had to come and clear the snakes and the dogs before the detectives can investigate.
1: What a day for animal yeah,
0: control. Yeah. Oh, God. What a day for everyone that was involved. <laughs> well,
1: because you don't even know how many snakes are in the house. Yeah, that's true. So you don't know what you're looking for. Uh,
0: you just hope you, just you found them open cabinets
1: and, you know.
0: Yeah. And if you're, like... If it's someone that's into exotic packs, you know they want, like, the poisonous ones or, like, the ones that are, like, the coolest, like, dangerous ones. I hope not. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I assume if you're getting those piranhas and pinchers.
1: Yeah, those poisonous pinchers.
0: Little pinchers. They go up and, like, pinch you
1: with their little feet. Oh, little puppy (laughs) feet.
0: Uh, But no, no. Um, because the Briley gang had been seen fleeing the day of the murder, they were now the prime suspects.
1: Are they, are they known around their community?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure, like, the neighbors know who they are and everything, and then, um, Linwood has a record, and so does James. Because you're so... calling
1: them the Briley gang, do people know them as no, that? No, Or this, no. Is, like, later on is, like...
0: I don't. I, I mean, I think it was just, like, the Briley brothers, yeah. but, like, they wanted to be a gang, so okay. I'm going to give them okay. that for now.
1: I would give them shit. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm not trying to give them anything, but it's just easier to say that. Okay. Um, so, arrest warrants were issued for the three brothers and Duncan. When police went to serve the warrants, Linwood, his father, and Duncan took off in a car with police behind them. Linwood was the driver and refused to pull over. And then, concerned for public safety, police forced Linwood's car into a pole. Where did the, the car- dad go? I don't know. I don't get that. I, that Something's fishy about the dad to me. Yeah. Once the car crashed, Linwood made a run for it but was captured. The two other brothers, James and Anthony, had turned themselves into the police. Okay. During- During the interrogations of the gang members, (laughs) little baby gang member Duncan was offered a plea deal in exchange for turning state's evidence against the Brileys.
1: What was his deal?
0: (laughs) What is his deal? I don't know. The investigators knew that at this point, the only crimes connected to the Baileys were the deaths of Harvey, Judy, and their son, but that the evidence had been destroyed by the dogs, so they needed someone to talk.
1: So they're basically going based off of the fact that they were seen running away from yep. the crime. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, all the evidence they have.
0: Yep, so they need someone to spill the beans. And
1: is it Duncan?
0: It could be Duncan. Uh, Duncan, who, like I said, was 16 at the time... Um. And his background, uh, okay. So this is yeah. What the fuck, Duncan? Uh-oh. His, background, <laughs> his background didn't didn't fit that of a killer. Yeah. He lived at home with his parents, like in a middle class neighborhood. He got good grades. He went to church. Not saying that any of that says no, much that of anything, say anything, but he like didn't you know. He wasn't involved in anything. Like, he never was in trouble. He didn't, act out or anything. He just was hanging out with the wrong people for some reason. Um, So he did take a deal, and he provided a full detailed account of the crime spree. Okay.
1: Because they
0: didn't even know that they were talking about multiple murders. They were like, oh, we just have this family that was murdered. And he's like, let me tell you all about all the murders. Yeah. And they're like, holy shit, we didn't link any of these deaths together because, like well, you said before, the victims were all different ages, different races, different genders. Like, At
1: least Duncan did talk. Yes. I'm not saying that he was a good dude or anything, but without no. him, they really mm-hmm. wouldn't have had anything.
0: Yep. It, yeah, they would not have had anything. So um, as a result of his plea deal, he escaped the death penalty. And he was incarcerated at a Virginia State Prison away from the Bailey Brothers. Sorry, my thing auto-corrected it to Bailey. It is not Bailey. It's the Brightly Brothers. <laughs> God damn it. Um, he was given a life sentence plus 80 years. Okay. So which, that's
1: not a really good deal.
0: Well, okay. It is kind of because somehow at the time of the conviction, this meant that he was eligible for parole after serving 12 to 15 years. Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: How's life plus 80 years mean 12, 12 to 15?
0: To 15. <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
1: I mean, maybe because he's underage.
0: I think that might be a factor.
1: And they're like, if you do this deal, we'll like get you a good deal.
0: But the thing is, like that, he's eligible for, for, right, for right. parole, so it doesn't mean he's going to get it. Right. But he can try, so.
1: Yeah. Wow, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, maybe it was like his background of not having any... Prior stuff, and then I mean, I don't think the death penalty should
1: ever be an option for someone who's under the age of like eighteen, at least. You know, that shouldn't be a thing. But right. Okay.
0: Okay, so the brothers weren't cooperative in the investigation. They were often arrogant and defiant.
1: What is their deal? What is their deal? (laughs) Ah. Okay.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what their dad's deal is. I don't get Mm-mm. their deal. I don't know mm-hmm. what the dealio why yeah, what's the dealio? <laughs> Scrapbooks. That's the dealio.
1: That's the only thing that I can find that's, you know, very peculiar and Be- there <laughs> <suspicious.
0: laughs> <Yeah>. very suspicious. Very suspicious. <laughs> uh, um so one detective, he was like actually, I think he was like retired and like they, they'd been trying to get stuff out of the boys for like a while and they couldn't get anything. So this one, like, super seasoned detective came back on and was like, not, let me take a crack at him. Yeah. And um, he was actually, like, friends with John, the DJ who had been murdered. Oh, yeah. And he said that when he was interrogating Linwood, not getting anything from him, he noticed that the ring on his finger Whoa. was John's ring. In fact, he knew it was John's ring because he was with John the day that he bought the ring. Wow. And that it was, like, a very specific... Like,
1: what are to the it. chances uh-huh wow okay
0: so he was like all right well i that's my evidence for yeah. like the for john's murder and yeah. then we got this with the family like we, we at least can put you away for that stuff yeah so all the brothers were tried and Anthony Briley got a single life sentence with parole eligibility.
1: That's the youngest one. He's
0: the youngest one. And he got this because in basically everyone's account, he wasn't really, he had like limited involvement in the the killings. Like he would go along with them and everything, but he was mostly like looking for the stuff, like looking for the valuables. And he didn't, there wasn't really any evidence that he actually like pulled the trigger or did any stabbing. I mean, he was there, so... Or raping. But, yeah, right. So he got a life sentence. Okay. And then both James and Linwood received numerous life sentences. Yeah. And the murders... uh, For the murders committed during the spree, but faced capital charges only in the cases where they had physically committed the actual killing of the victim.
1: Right.
0: That was, like, provable. right. Um, So Linwood was sentenced to death for the abduction and murder of John the DJ, while James received two death sentences, one for each of the murders of Judy and her son Harvey, Mm. and both were sent to death row at Mecklenburg Mecklenburg Correctional Center near Boydton, wherever that is, (laughs) in 1980. That Uh, was
1: pretty quick, right?
0: Yeah, very quick. swift. Uh Uh-huh. It wasn't long before Linwood and James had quite a profitable drugs and weapons racket going on from death row. That's right.
1: (laughs) What?
0: Apparently, Linwood had some sort of draw to him that fellow inmates and some guards were, like, into. What? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And they like to be on his good side, What the fuck
1: is happening?
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) During several years, Linwood studied the prison, the guards, their lingo, how things worked, and which guards were the least attentive and who were the friendliest towards Uh, inmates. Oh. Uh Uh-oh, he's right. Oh, no! On May 31st in 1984... Linwood managed to get a guard to keep the door of the control room open long enough for an inmate to sneak in and push the release button that opened all the doors on death row. (gasps) (laughs) During the confusion of inmates, like, getting it out and running around.
1: Uh, Yeah. uh,
0: They managed to overtake 14 guards. What the fuck? They ordered the guards to strip naked. And Linwood, James, and four other inmates put on the guards' uniforms.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, before this happened, they all, like, made sure to get, like, haircuts and stuff. So they yeah, looked, like, all course. clean cut and looked like God guards.
1: damn
0: it. Yeah. Uh, so they put on the uniforms. And then Linwood wanted to, like, kill a couple of the guards just for funsies. But a couple of the other inmates stepped in, and they were like, "No, you're not killing them. Like, you can go do what you want, but you're not fucking what killing people fuck right now."
1: What the fuck is happening? I, I, okay. I know. Okay.
0: So the six who were in the guard uniforms, oh they God. grabbed a stretcher and they put a TV on it, like a. Just,
1: okay, we gotta steal something while no, we're like on it. No, our... no, oh, okay. Okay. no, 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 no.
0: It's even okay. better than that. Okay. So they put this TV on a stretcher, and yeah. they covered the TV with a blanket. And pretending to be guards, they radioed an emergency call and said that they needed a van to remove a bomb from death row. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? <laughs>
0: they, for some reason, they doused the blanket covering the TV with a fire extinguisher. So like, this is the 80s. This TV
1: had to be like bulky <laughs> yes. as fuck, right? Heavy. That's
0: why they needed like six of them to carry the stretchers. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is huge.
1: <laughs> what the Fuck.
0: Yeah. And then they had like, you know, their fire extinguisher doused blanket covered TV on their stretcher and they're like running out and they're like, oh, it's the bomb. Quick, get it in the van. And then the prison people are like, oh, my gosh, here's the van. You better get it out. I like how
1: they're all like, yeah, this is totally something that could happen that
0: someone could drop a bomb off. That big, a huge in the prison TV-sized without anyone bomb.
1: noticing or like checking?
0: I don't know. I guess. Are they like let... building it inside? Yeah, they're just letting their inmates run around. like, like building well, they were bombs. in shop class. We thought yeah. they were
1: making lamps, but apparently they're <laughs> making bombs. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's so strange. I understand. Fuck? We we gave them the C4, but we're well, I don't know. So yeah, they were able to <laughs> get into a van and
1: how is this even possible? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they drove away and it took uh it took a half hour for prison officials to realize what had <gasps> happened and that six extremely dangerous men had escaped. It took them they took these guys less than two hours to escape what was considered an escape proof prison. If you're gonna name things like the unsinkable okay. ship yeah. and the escape proof prison, right. you know shit's gonna go. Also, bad.
1: I just feel like <laughs> if it's escape proof, then shouldn't they have been like, okay, they call it a bomb thing, wouldn't they be like yeah, right? There's no way you're sneaking anything out, and there's no way you're sneaking a bomb in there.
0: But if it is a bomb and you're just going to let it explode, we got to get into the bomb van.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> and then. Which is like kind
0: these... of like a bomb van is kind of like a mom van, but like right. less orange slices for the team.
1: And wait, okay, mm-hmm. so then it's like these guards are risking their life on taking the bomb. Like they found the bomb, <laughs> they put it on a stretcher, they called it in, and then they're gonna run outside with the bomb and put it in the van. And everyone's like, yeah, this yes, is totally, this makes sense.
0: That's how you, how Not like, do you do Like, let's get try and evacuate
1: the prison. You know, let's well, all go eva- into the yard. What are you or gonna something. do?
0: Eva- you're gonna let all these prisoners out?
1: Yeah, like into the yard. You know, don't they have, like, fire drills, like, at schools? Fire drills? Like, everyone meet by the fence, even though you know that's, like, not going to be safe. But it's, like, basically that's all you. You can only go by the fence because we're all locked in anyway.
0: That is a good question. I don't know if prisons do fire drills.
1: Well, they should. They do earthquake (laughs) drills and all of that. So that this doesn't happen. But
0: well, I mean, this is like the early '80s. They didn't know any better. Apparently, you just load a bomb into a van and drive it off to never be seen again. Mm. So obviously, news spread quickly, and the community was uh, terrified that yeah. six cold-blooded killers were on the loose. Yes. Two of the escaped inmates were apprehended a day after the escape. A few days after that, another was captured when he tried to rob a jewelry store. What a-
1: fucking idiot
0: he and one other were captured in vermont because so the plan for all of them was to escape to go to canada, to go to canada. Yep. yeah it took three weeks okay, yep. okay
1: so here's my thing okay you escape from prison everyone's like we're going to canada i'd be like peace bitches i'm going to fucking mexico then they're gonna be looking for you up north i'm gonna be the one that's like going down south
0: well look right? at you they close the front door and we or- sneak in the back <laughs>
1: that's right I'm going to get a boat and I'm going to like float over to Cuba Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. But I'm not going to Canada. Hell no. It's all cold up there.
0: It's way too cold. (laughs) Don't they know? They probably didn't even pack enough clothes. Although they are from Virginia, which I think gets cold. Yeah, but
1: they have like a guard uniform. And that's it. (laughs) I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking outside of the box. I'm just saying, if you're going to Canada, I'm going somewhere else.
0: You are always thinking outside that box.
1: Peace, bitches.
0: Well, let me know so that I can go to Mexico, too.
1: This is a one-person journey. Damn it!
0: (laughs) Well, now I know your plan. Whatever I say, you're going to do the opposite, so I'm going to do the opposite. Wait, now you're going to do the opposite of the opposite. Damn. Damn.
1: Well, at least they were apprehended pretty quickly afterwards, the three of them, then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then it took about three weeks and hundreds of officers and FBI agents to finally find the Briley brothers who were in Philadelphia barbecuing chicken at their uncle's house (gasps) when the police found them.
1: Okay, I think that's stupid too. Go to a relative's house?
0: Well, yeah, because so the police like found, oh, here's an uncle that they might come to. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. they wiretapped his house, his phone.
1: Yeah, obviously. <laughs>
0: so okay, they were they're like, not oh, it smells group. like good barbecue. I bet they waited till the barbecue was cooked, and then they went in and got them so they could <laughs> bring the meal with them. That would be the smart way to go.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, so after that, the prison was ordered to tighten up security. <laughs> they sent
1: them back to the same prison? <laughs> no. Ah!
0: Well in yeah and then in um in 2012 that prison was closed down so it must not have been very secure.
1: Well if you could like bribe the guards or whatever you're doing and they're uh, like, you know, I mean I don't I think that the guards should be like nice to the prisoners vice versa, you know, you're all stuck yeah. in there together you might as yeah, well. Yeah yeah yeah. But to the point of you're like, oh yeah, I'll just leave the door open for a quick sec. Go ahead, yep. do what you got to do in there. Wink.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Um so the remaining appeals ran out for the brothers.
1: Uh yeah, obviously. Uh, the, the, the
0: two on death row. Um weeks before his execution, James Briley married a woman named Evangeline Grant Redding. Oh, come on. And the ceremony was attended by his father, James Senior, so like real cute. <sighs> Uh, I'm not sure why. I don't know. Do you think it's one
1: of those things where mm. she's like, I just want to get married. I don't. I just. Uh. And then it's like, OK, well, at least I can say, you know, I'm a widow now. <laughs> I'm a widower. Whatever <laughs> the widowess. I don't know. What a the widowess. Is, but. I think it's just
0: a widow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a widow. <laughs> a widowess. Oh, I'm
1: just a widow now.
0: Oh, look at me. <laughs> just a poor widow. Was married for a week.
1: <laughs> i like barely knew like, the I don't guy. Even,
0: uh, how do these women find these creeps
1: well i think you can write to prisoners
0: yeah you can you can write a prisoner Look, you can
1: find one too
0: oh my god that's cute i'll
1: attend the wedding
0: oh nice okay i'm, well, I'm holding you to it don't you dare okay. go to canada or
1: mexico. <laughs> i'm going to mexico
0: sneaky <laughs> On October 12th, 1984, Linwood was put to death by electric chair, and James followed him on April 18th,
1: 1985. That's pretty quick.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Nowadays, people are on death row for like 30 years and shit. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow. They were like, tried, guilty, escaped, put back in, killed, (laughs) done. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think after that escape, they were like, "Mm mm-mm. These guys are slippery. We need to murder them now. Kill them. Yep, yep. They're bad. Bad to the bone. Bad, bad, real bad. Um, Linwood was survived by a son named Norman Laquan Ampey. And when did Nor-
1: he have time I to have don't a son? No,
0: they kind of just threw this in there at the end. Uh, well, Norman served time in prison for bank robbery and he died in 2015.
1: The son? The son, yeah. Ugh, okay. And That's
0: then James is survived by three daughters. What the fuck? Who all live in Richmond still. Wow. And then, yeah, the brothers are buried at a family plot in North Carolina. Anthony is still at the Augusta Correctional Center, and all his applications for parole have been denied. Uh, yeah. And then Duncan has also applied for parole many times, but has been denied every time. yeah. And that's the wonderful, wild story of these dicks. Oh. Love it? I hate
1: it. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Linwood was probably like a sociopath, obviously. Yeah, and he was obviously the ringleader. Whatever. And apparently he was like really charming and convincing because other Mm -hmm. people like followed him. Then it's like,
0: yeah, I don't know. I think it just made him feel powerful to, yeah. like, have control over these poor, innocent people's lives.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the, like, power over his brothers, too. Because,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, the one went along with it, but if he wasn't, like, you know, I don't know. He, like, clearly had some kind of something over his kid, his brothers, his kid brothers.
0: The tossed salad and the scrambled egg.
1: A tossed salad, a scrambled egg
0: the tossed salad
1: salad,
0: and the scrambled egg
1: a scrambled egg so a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway
0: right so the tossed salad has more components the person is able to compartmentalize and
1: a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely scrambled.
0: Just one component, one track mind. They're all kinds of mixed up. There's no focus. They're disorganized. I would say Linwood is a tossed salad. Yeah. And I think it seemed, I mean, James is a little bit more rough around the edges, and maybe he was also a tossed salad. Yeah. But it kind of just, it kind of seemed like at least the younger two were just kind of along for the ride, and like, what feeling the fuck was cool, Duncan
1: doing though? Feeling
0: cool hanging out with twenty year olds as a sixteen year old being like involved in
1: I a guess quote unquote so. gang
0: and like they probably had like, you know well, he was dealing drugs and stuff, and I mean two of the two of the murders. We all know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I
1: well. just oh I just feel I don't know. I don't want to be like you know, sympathetic or whatever, but like the youngest brother, it just sounds like he was just going along. Mm-hmm. With his brother is kind of under there, like, all right, let's all go. We're going. And he'd be like, okay, I guess, you know, that's, that's what, what we're, we're doing. doing.
0: Yeah, brothers oh. who scrapbook together stay together. So. Uh, yeah. We better yeah. get
1: that scrapbook going finally.
0: Shit.
1: Ew, I hated that. All of it. That <laughs> yep. was horrible. Yep. I know.
0: And every, yep. I know. Every time I do ones like this, I'm like, do I really want to say all this out loud? Yes. Yeah, I kind of do because I want to see your reaction.
1: No. (laughs) No, this is tragic. What the hell happened to that family?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Like, and all those
1: innocent people. Like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, and obviously the dad saw signs of them being violent because he's locking himself in his own room But then he, like, drives
1: away with them, and they, like, live with him still when they're, like, young adults. It's like, if you're afraid of them, aren't you going to, like, you know, get the fuck out?
0: Well, I don't know. If it's your home— If it's your home and you're afraid of them, you're not—I mean, it's hard. It's like—if— if he truly was afraid of them, it's like the, the abuse situation where it's like it's dangerous to try and get out. And Yeah, if, but
1: why do you have guns
0: in the house? I don't. I mean, it sounds bad all around. I don't know what exactly their upbringing was like. I don't know what their dad was <sighs> uh-huh. like. I don't know anything other than they turned out to be a bunch of shitheads and mm. ruined a bunch of people's lives. Yeah. So that's... That... That was horrible. (laughs) Thanks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to move this closer
1: to me. Okay. Well.
0: Yeah, you got something better?
1: (laughs) No, I... Well, I've got another sad story. Oh. Are you ready for mine? Yep. Okay, so I got all my information from this New York Times article because basically, like, the author... uh like re- like did the investigation for the story and then like mm. everyone else basically was just like, Oh yeah, this New York Times story, whatever oh, and then okay. the I guess they're like gonna make a movie out of the story Whoa. or something. Yeah, they like got the rights to the story,
0: uh, it's so crazy. you're beating him to the punch?
1: So <laughs> the New York Times <laughs> you heard it here
0: first, kids.
1: <laughs> we'll link the New York Times article because there's mm. more there's like a whole there's another story that goes along with it that I didn't go Ew. into so you know. Okay. Uh, check it out, y'all.
0: Check oh it out. If you want it's something okay. else to check out, you should check out Humble Be Herbal and buy a bunch of stuff. Buy your mama a gift box and she will love you for it.
1: Buy yourself a gift box and, and love you yourself, will love yourself. It. <laughs> yep.
0: Treat yourself.
1: HumbleBeHerbal.com
0: That is humble like, oh, you're so humble. Be like, Bzzz. Herbal like herbs. dot .com. com. Check them out. Twenty percent off your first order with a code Crimey20 at checkout.
1: Okay, so here we go. On January twenty third,
0: <gasps> oh! my birthday. So
1: it's either two thousand twelve or two thousand fourteen. I'm not quite sure. Oh. Depends on like the article. Okay. Twenty okay. year old Karen Rodriguez, Rodriguez prepared mm-hmm. to merge into traffic. Two trucks pulled up on either side, stopping her. No. Armed men forced their way into her pickup truck and took off with her in it. What? They drove her to the family home where Karen lived during the week while Miriam Rodriguez, her mother, was working as a nanny in Texas. So Karen, they like told her to lay on the floor. They bound and gagged her and then someone knocked on the door. It was her uncle's mechanic. He came by to, like, work on the family truck. So the kidnappers grabbed him, too. They, like, panicked, and they're like, come with us. Yeah.
0: Wait. uh, Okay. She's on a road, and they, like, whatever, get in her car, hijack it. How do they know where she lived? I don't know. Hmm.
1: I don't know how they know where she lived.
0: Well, maybe it was one of those things where you have, like, your... Your car, your map thing in your car. What are those well, fancy maps? <laughs> those oh, the global positioning systems in your car that like you can program to say home.
1: It could have been that, or they could have been watching her, and oh. they like knew you know gotcha. they're waiting for the right time to grab her.
0: Okay.
1: So, so they have her, and then they have this mechanic in the car. Uh, Karen lived in San Fernando Mexico so it's a Mm -hmm. city of about 60,000 people and it's right outside like just outside of this city are all these like highways that lead to border crossings into the US
0: Mm. so
1: there's like this web of dirt roads that are used primarily or not primarily they're used a lot by like smugglers and traffickers to get across the border so it's like the perfect storm of like location and like all these roads
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: just a little bit about San Fernando, Mexico. Mm-hmm. In 2010, federal authorities discovered the corpses of 72 Central American migrants at a ranch on the city's outskirts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, oh my God, yeah. So they were like, okay, that like this is because of the cartel. Uh-huh. And they're like, this is obviously like the most savage killing situation we've ever had.
0: 72. Shit. Yeah. That's but then of, oh, the following year. Uh-huh.
1: Like abductions ramped up and especially of bus passengers. Mm. So this led to the unearthing of nearly 200 bodies dumped <gasps> in a mass grave along San Fernando's like edges.
0: Oh my God. So 2010, the
1: they're like, oh my God, we found 72 bodies. This is fucking awful. The next year, they're like, oh, right, 200 more bodies. This is even worse. Fuck. And then 2014 was an especially hard time for San Fernando. Many bars and restaurants had closed for fear of shootouts. Mass oh graves were so common that finding fewer than 20 remains at a time barely made headlines. What? Yeah. This is horrible. So the Zetas are like this cartel group. Mm -hmm. They at first were an armed wing of the Gulf cartel, and then they were warring with their bosses for years. So then they started grabbing people for ransom to finance their war against their bosses. What? Okay, so anyway, so there's this like new cartel group warring with their bosses. They have to uh, kidnap people for ransom to finance their war they're just like really it's just really really horrible stuff and then it's crazy because after I did this uh, we watched some show on Netflix it's like documentaries and they did like a whole thing about the avocado situation Uh-oh. and this cartel is like one of the ones that was like controlling the avocado they're like an avocado court cartel like it's just crazy Shit. bad violent stuff where they're just like kidnapping people holding them for ransom and then whether or not they let that person go once they get the ransom is like you never know it's fucking Ugh. awful Okay, so
0: So still going to Mexico?
1: <laughs> not not any of these towns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Karen's older brother Louis moved away because of all the danger, but Karen was still in school and she was helping her mom run her cowboy apparel shop called
0: Rodeo Boots. <laughs> Ew. Ew. What a disgusting name no, of a shop.
1: It's fine.
0: Rodeo boots. Rodeo boots.
1: So Karen's just being like a good daughter, finishing school and Mm -hmm. helping her mom. So then she gets abducted. The week after her abduction, then uh, so what they would do is they'd call, you know, to get the ransom money. So they like kept calling and threatening and they kept like promising that they're going to that care that Karen is okay, and they were going to like give her back once they paid the money. And then so in order to pay the first ransom that they asked for, Miriam Rodriguez's family took out a loan from the bank that offered lines of credit for these payments.
0: Oh, it's my so God. common uh, that the
1: bank was like, we have a loan for you.
0: You're like, oh, you want the ransoming yeah. loan? Okay. Yeah, well, basically. Fine.
1: So the family followed every instruction to the letter. Karen's father dropped the bag off uh, near a health clinic, like they told her, and then waited in a van at the local cemetery for the kidnappers to bring Karen. Mm-hmm. Miriam asked with – she like – because, you know, they kept getting these calls and whatever, and she's like, my daughter's still not here. So then she asked to meet with a local member of the cartel, and they agreed. So she like uh, sat down at a restaurant, and this guy named El Jr. Junior, El Jr. <laughs> so he like met her, and then he's like, "We don't have your daughter. I don't know where what? she is, but I can help you find her if you give me two thousand dollars."
0: Oh, good. Uh huh. Some extortion. So okay.
1: Miriam paid, obviously, because she's like, "I just need oh, my daughter." My God. And then while they're sitting there, she heard, like, through the static, he had, like, a radio on, and she heard through the static that someone called him by the name Sama. So she's Uh-oh. like, log that away. Or not El here. <laughs> so then, after a week of him supposedly looking for her, he stopped answering uh-huh. the phone.
0: Uh-huh. Other
1: calls kept coming in that claimed to be the kidnappers but they were like oh we need more money we just need 500 more dollars we just need money the
0: she's not yeah so the family doubted it Mm -hmm.
1: but they always would send the money because just in case Mm -hmm. they wanted their daughter home so every time there's like a new call for a payment Miriam got it like hopeful but then Karen never turned up so then she just got really depressed about it all yeah so during at some point, uh, Miriam and her husband like separated, so she moved in with her older daughter, Azalea. And then one morning, a few weeks after the last payment that she gave, she came downstairs and told Azalea that she knew that Karen was never coming back and that she was probably <gasps> dead.
0: I mean, unfortunately, yeah. Then she told probably. her
1: daughter that she wouldn't rest until she found the people who had taken Karen. Yeah. She was going to hunt them down one by one until the day she died.
0: Ooh shit. Get them.
1: So after that her like Azalea's mom was a different person. Yeah. So this is what she did to hunt these guys down. She oh kept God. watch of social media. She knew mm-hmm. the Sama name, so she was like, I'm just going to find out. Like, I know what he looks like. I know what he's called. Like, I'm just going to wait for him to post something on social media or for him his picture to show up. Damn. So she she also confirmed that he was involved in Karen's kidnapping because of the mechanic that was abducted along with her. they Since he was, like, never an intended victim, they let him go. Mm-hmm. And so oh. Miriam, like... Just, like, kept asking him, like, tell me everything that you heard, everything that you saw, everything, like, everything. I need to know everything. So then he confirmed for her that that guy was, like, involved in the kidnapping.
0: Fuck. She had lunch with him. So
1: she's on Facebook, like, whatever social media. She's on Karen's Facebook. She's looking for anyone that, like, knew her, that knew him, too, and, like, everything. So she's looking for clues. And then one morning, she is on Facebook and she sees a picture tagged with the name Sama, and she um, knew immediately it was the same guy from that lunch.
0: El Junier.
1: Yeah, and standing behind beside him in the picture was a young woman wearing the uniform of an ice cream shop two hours away in a different city. Whoa.
0: Uh, so. What a little detective! Holy Miriam shit! Miriam
1: stalked the store for weeks <gasps> until she knew the woman's oh. hours by heart. She wow. waited outside each shift until Sama showed up.
0: <gasps> what? The She's fuck? like living, She's living out badass. of her car to
1: find shit. this guy. When he finally fuck. showed up, she followed the couple home and knew, like, made a note of their address.
0: Oh my god!
1: But like the police wouldn't do anything because all she had yeah. was a location. She's just like, I know th- I know this guy was involved. I know where he is. But she needed to get more information before police would do anything. So right. she cut her hair, dyed it bright red so that Sama wouldn't recognize her from their lunch that they had had. Oh,
0: my God. Then
1: she put on a government uniform that she kept from a, an old job that she had had at the health ministry and like had a lo- an official-looking ID. So she spent like, a day conducting a fake poll of the neighborhood until she got basic details on one of her daughter's captors. Then she went to the authorities, local, state, and federal, but no one would help her. She had, like, all of these files compiled of, like, all, like, Mm -hmm. about the people involved in her daughter's case, but no one would help. So eventually she found a policeman, a federal policeman, willing to help her. And he said... When she pulled her files onto the table, I had never seen anything like it. The details and information gathered by this woman working all alone were incredible. She had gone to every single level of government and they had slammed the door in her face. To help her hunt down the people who took her daughter, it was the greatest privilege of my career.
0: Whoa. Damn. So
1: by the time the government issued a warrant for Sama's arrest, he had already left town. Miriam is like super frustrated. So now she's like, I'm going to find the rest of the crew because I got I got to do something.
0: Oh, my God. So
1: she eventually like compiles a stack of photos of Sama posing with other people.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So then she's like identifying these people in the pictures. Then. Because
0: they all have Facebook.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Like they're all posting on social media. And then by pure chance, Sama came back. On oh. September 15th, 2014, Miriam Rodriguez's son, Louis, was closing down his shop in Ciudad Victoria. He had one last customer a young, <gasps> slender man browsing hats. Oh, Louis geez. recognized him. It was Sama.
0: Oh my God. In the boot barn. No, Sorry. no, in his store. He had his, oh. he had
1: his own shop Rodeo Boots. But he had his own shop. So he called his mom and he followed him and then they like called the police. And so finally, when the police arrested him in the central plaza, Sama kicked and screamed and claimed he had a heart condition. (laughs) But while he was in custody, he filled in details missing from Miriam's investigation. So he had like names and locations of some of the accomplices. One accomplice was barely 18 when police grabbed him. What? which was young even by cartel standards. Huh. He was scared during questioning and he asked Miriam, oh sorry. And then Miriam was like outside the interrogation room mm-hmm. and the kid asked to see his mom and he told the officer that he was hungry. And Miriam felt bad for him because mm-hmm. he's like this kid who like yeah. just wants his mom. So she went into the interrogation room and gave him her lunch. Oh shit. And then the officer was like, what were you like? What were you thinking? Like giving that to him? And then she said, he's still a child no matter what he did. And I'm still a mother.
0: Oh, man.
1: When I heard him just now, it was like my own child.
0: Oh, right. has like a big heart.
1: I know. Ouch. So after that, the the boy told the police everything. He like really opened up after that. So he said, I'm willing to take you to the ranch where they killed them and where the bodies should still be buried.
0: Fuck.
1: Yep. So this is like all the victims of the kidnapping ring.
0: Oh, my God. Mm-hmm.
1: So there was like this old broken down tractor that marked the grave of at an abandoned ranch at the end of a dirt road. There were like bullet holes on the walls of the adobe house and there was like, I guess they had had like a shootout there earlier. Oh my God. So Mexican Marines had killed six of the accomplices. The boy said in his statement and Miriam Rodriguez picked through the debris left by the kidnappers. And she froze when she found a stack of personal belongings tossed into a pile. There was a scarf that had belonged to Karen and a seat cushion from her truck lay near the top
0: oh god and she's gotta find it like she yeah
1: so forensic agents claim that karen was not among the dozens of bodies that they identified at the ranch Mm -hmm. but miriam knew that was wrong She's like i've seen her stuff there she's got to be there so she fought the government on on this point and then the following year a group of scientists found a piece of femur belonging to karen
0: Oh, my God. So even after that, all like, of
1: this, she like prevent, she's like, here are the people who did it. My daughter was kidnapped. She goes to the site. She's like, here are her things. And they're like, no, her body wasn't there. And then she's like, no, it was. And then they're like, oh, yeah, actually, you're right. Her body was there.
0: Do you think that, like, the government was just scared of the cartel? So, like, they're like well, it, like if we can prove that she was there, then we are going to have to like investigate this case and it's gonna we're going to have to like bring the cartel in and it's going to be like real tough.
1: I don't know if it so was So we might as that? well just say
0: like, oh, nope, we didn't find her.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it was that or like there were so many bodies that they just like didn't have the funds or the time to like test mm. DNA or like I don't know. I don't know what mm. it is, but it just seems like this whole time like no one's trying to help her except for that one police yeah. officer. Everyone else is just kind of like, well, well, yeah, it like every it's day, it's the cartel. I don't know.
0: We can't go snooping around. You want us to get shot?
1: Yeah, or maybe they're paid off, or I don't know. I yeah. really don't even know what's going on, yeah. but it's just like not good. Mm-mm. So on the drive back from the ranch, Miriam passed a barbecue restaurant near the start of that dirt road, and uh-huh. she said that she had eaten there with Azalea only two days after Karen's kidnapping. Hmm. And. There was this other person there that she had known that was at the, at a table by herself. And so Miriam went and said hello to her. And she was like, did you hear about Karen? And by then, everyone had heard about Karen. Yeah. But this woman played dumb. Uh-oh. And Miriam's like, that's mm, fucking weird.
0: That's suspicious. So
1: now they're driving by the restaurant again. And it mm-hmm. dawned on her. That woman knows something. Yeah. Maybe she was even watching the ranch in case, like, police came. Like, she knows something. Shit. She had known this woman ever since she was a little kid. Uh, yeah. I guess she was abandoned by a sex worker at the local brothel, and oh. Miriam used to give her Karen's old clothes.
0: Oh my God. She, like,
1: clothed this girl. Okay. So, Miriam raced home and then drove and then went back to her research and discovered that this woman was involved romantically with one of Karen's kidnappers who was in prison for an unrelated crime. So just Uh, as she had with the ice cream shop, Miriam waited for weeks outside of the prison during visiting hours until the woman finally showed up. The police came and arrested her, later discovering that some of the ransom calls had come from her house.
0: What?
1: So she took care of this woman, and this woman (sighs) is, like, participating in her daughter's kidnapping. So she's hunting all these people down herself. And obviously, like, the trail is growing faint with time. Some people are dead. Some are in jail. Some are still in the streets, but they're, like, living their lives. They've already started new lives. And so she went to a small hometown of about 13,000 people and paid a visit to some kid's grandmother Mm -hmm. And the grandmother told her that her grandkid had always been in trouble, but now he was going to church. So Miriam knew that this kid was involved in her daughter's kidnapping.
0: Yeah. So
1: she started going to church.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) And soon enough, she found him there. Hmm. And when the police came and arrested him inside the chapel, the parishioners couldn't believe it. Mm. And then he asked for mercy and Miriam said, where was his compassion when they killed my daughter?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: then Miriam's next target was someone that she knew of as the florist.
0: La florist.
1: So she had been hunting him for years, stalking him online, interrogating criminals he worked with, even befriending relatives for tips on his whereabouts. Wow. And now she finally had a tip. A widow called her to tell her that he was peddling flowers on Uh, the border. You mean
0: a (laughs) widowess.
1: I don't know. Yeah. So.
0: He was peddling flowers on the border?
1: Yeah. There's like a bridge. he was a real
0: florist. It wasn't like a euphemism? No, no. He was a florist. He was a florist.
1: Okay. So she she goes to like the border of Texas and Mexico and she has like a pistol in her purse and she like studies this picture and then she looks and she knows that he will had sold flowers on the street before joining the cartel.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then Then, now he's, like, on the run and back to selling flowers to make Mm -hmm. ends meet. She, like, gets ready. She puts a trench coat on over her pajamas and a baseball cap over her hair and a gun in her purse. And she goes to the border to find the florist because she heard that's where he is. She's like, I'm going.
0: Sorry, but she took the time to put the gun in her purse and her trench coat on and her hat on yeah. but she stayed in her pajamas.
1: Who cares? You're choice. hunting down your daughter's killer. Who cares if you're wearing pajamas? She's like fucking going.
0: <laughs> I mean I'm not saying it's tacky or anything. I'm just saying you'd think you'd want something a little bit more like. No, she doesn't care. Rugged to you know. She's like... got a trench coat and a baseball cap. How
1: much more rugged
0: can you be? Well, you don't know when you gotta like tuck and roll and like.
1: Yeah, pajamas are like the easiest thing to
0: tuck and roll in. They're like oh, I loose don't know. and they maybe they're a little bit too loose. It might like trip you up.
1: <laughs> what kind of pajamas are you wearing?
0: <laughs> Parachute pants.
1: Tripping you up. <laughs> Okay, so she gets to the border. Then on that bridge to Texas, she's like looking at all the vendors, looking for a flower cart. But Mm -hmm. that day, instead of flowers, he was selling sunglasses.
0: Oh, shit.
1: So she found him. She got a little too excited, a little too close. He recognized her and he ran. Uh-oh. He sprinted along this pedestrian pass and uh, dropping sunglasses Miriam, as he went, yeah, leaving Miriam, a trail
0: of sunglasses. He's
1: like he's not wearing his pajamas, so he doesn't shit. know how quick she is. Miriam, fifty-six, <laughs> at the time she chases after him. She grabbed him by the shirt and wrestled him Fuck to the ground. Yeah, Miriam, then she him. jammed her handgun into her, into his back, and she said, oh, "If shit. you move, I'll shoot you." Yes. So, she held him there for nearly an hour, waiting for the police to come and arrest him.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Okay. So, in three years, Miriam captured nearly every living member of the crew that abducted Holy her daughter shit. for ransom. She had captured the born-again Christian dude, the flower salesman, someone that was a taxi driver all of a sudden, a babysitter, someone turned into a babysitter, oh. like, all these people living so, like, there. Like, you
0: don't, I mean, if you don't know that they're, like, kidnapping and murdering people, it's like, what the hell kind of gang is this? You got a florist, a babysitter, <laughs> a Christian, a born again Christian. Well, it's
1: kind of like what I'm kind of thinking is like these are the lives they had. Then the gang started. The cartel started mm-hmm. and they're like, I can make quick money. Yeah. In that cartel. They join the cartel. The cartel gets like broken up. And then they're like, well, I ga- yeah, I'm going to go back yeah. to what I know. I'm going to yeah, go back I to guess. like selling flowers or babysitting mm-hmm. or whatever.
0: Making ice cream. Like, geez, what the hell? <laughs>
1: they're like a jacks of all trades Mm -hmm. over there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So in all, she was instrumental in taking down 10 people.
0: Holy shit. What a badass.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So... Her going after the cartel, like no one goes after the cartel.
0: No, you're suicidal. But I guess at that point, once your daughter is murdered, you're like, I don't have anything to lose.
1: Well, and no one gets the police to put them away. Like no Mm -hmm. one. But she did. She got them arrested. She got them put in prison. She did whatever she had to do. Then at one point, she told one of her friends, I don't care if they kill me. I died the day they killed my daughter. Yeah, exactly. I want to end this. I'm going to take out the people who hurt my daughter, and they can do whatever they want to me.
0: Damn.
1: Okay. But in March of 2017, nearly Mm-mm. two dozen prisoners escaped the penitentiary in Ciudad, Victoria, where oh, Miriam put all her daughter's killers. They were like, a lot of them were in that prison, and then they
0: escaped. How so do we sh- both have a prison escape in our stories? I
1: know, and a shitty gang. Okay. <laughs> oh,
0: God, what? The hell? You'd think that we talked before we write these episodes. You'd think
1: we'd have themes, but we don't. Mm, we don't. <laughs> we don't do a theme show.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, theme show. Okay. We continue. Yeah.
1: So, okay. So then she's worried because at this point, it's like, all right, I put all those guys away. I tracked them all down. Now they're out. They're coming after mm-hmm. me. hmm. So she asked the government for protection. The police said that they they had sent, like, periodic patrols by her home and work, but that wasn't enough. So. Uh,
0: yeah. They're like, obviously, you're responsible for putting them away. They're coming for you.
1: Yeah. And there are a bunch of them and they're mad.
0: <sighs> Fuck.
1: So even though, even though these people had just broken out, there was one more or. One of the last targets on her list was Mm. a young woman who had left town and began working as a live-in nanny for a family in Ciudad, Victoria.
0: She also knitted sweaters for the elderly and stuffed teddy bears for children without moms. Like, what is this gang? I don't
1: know. (laughs) So so Miriam spent days parked near the family's home waiting for the young woman to emerge. She peed in cups and ran her battery down listening to the radio in the dark, And then Lewis would sneak onto the street to give her like a jump start when her car ran out of battery (laughs) because she was not leaving until she knew that this woman was arrested. Yeah. So uh, finally, police came to arrest the young woman outside the home. Miriam was running towards them and she tripped and fractured her (gasps) foot.
0: Ooh. Ow.
1: Yeah. So she's like... So, at this point, she's, like, got a cast on. She's using crutches. And then and then it's Mother's Day. So, at 10.21 p.m., she headed home. She was living with her husband at this time in a little house where Karen once lived. Mm. And she parked on the street, like, got out of the car. She's, like, hobbling. She's got her cast on. Uh-oh. And a white Nissan truck carrying men who had escaped prison. Oh, God. Pulled up behind her. And they fired 13 rounds. Fuck! So Miriam died on the way to the hospital, I believe. Oh, man. And within a few months, the government arrested two of the culprits and killed another in a gunfight. As for the people who ordered the hit, they, they are still, like, in secrecy.
0: Well, I mean, we know who ordered the hit is the fucking gang of babysitters.
1: Yeah. And then like. Lewis became obsessed over who had, like, ordered the hit of his mother.
0: Oh. But. Is so he going to step up and take her place?
1: Well, he said, I won't make the same mistakes my mom made. Uh... So she pushed so hard. Yeah. She pushed a little too hard, Maybe. So in June of that year, nearly a month after Miriam's death, officials in the state of Veracruz, acting with information she had provided, arrested yet another suspect in Karen's case. The woman had beaten and tortured Karen during the kidnapping, hanging her up like a boxing bag and punching her.
0: Oh, my God.
1: After that, the woman fled to Veracruz, where she drove a taxi while raising her young son. So Miriam had found her, too. Shit. And that's the story of the badass mama bear who was not okay with cartels (sighs) murdering her daughter. (sighs) And then she became like a hero of that town. Yeah, I'm
0: like, like, on the one hand, yeah, I'm like, what a fucking badass. But then also, it fucking sucks Mm because they ended up taking her out anyway. And like, how much did she actually end up doing when like all these people escaped and then there's probably more that joined the gang and then they're like wreaking havoc on more people's lives
1: except for so in the other story there's like another story along with this one about a little a little kid or like a young boy who's kidnapped and his mm-hmm. family kind of they're like they're like inspired by Miriam's story because everyone knows it but then they're also like okay well, we're not going to go like that far with it cuz we don't want to end up you know being shot but
0: but at the same time, like it's the like whole you have to. About yeah, like you have to go far nothing. because, like you, like if you just you're just like, oh well, I'm not gonna go that far. Then it's like you're backing up or you're like giving up or you're like, well.
1: Well, and but, had the escape not happened, maybe yeah. she would still be alive. You know, I mean.
0: Yeah, maybe they need on, to prisons, stop making get it together. <laughs> quote unquote in, inescapable prisons.
1: <laughs> well, this one never claimed to be inescapable. I don't think <laughs> I don't know, but. Jeez. Yeah, it's just horrible. And then yeah, watching that documentary about like the town the towns where they have like the avocado farms and just like people being murdered and kidnapped over like avocado money. It's just like it's so crazy. But it's like, what do you do when the government's all corrupt and then it's being run by cartels and these cartels are like really scary yeah, and violent exactly. and horrible. And these people who just are trying to have like a business, they don't want to leave. Like that's their home. You know, it was like, OK, well, well Miriam was wonder, like, like, I, the this the is my home.
0: That, and the people, some of the people that end up joining the cartel, like you said, like oh, it's uh, maybe a way to make some easy money or maybe, like, the cartel is in town. You either join them or you get fucked by them. Yeah. So, like, how much – I don't know. So, it's what's the solution? These... I don't know. But yeah. it's yeah, awful. Uh, it's supposed to be some kind of heavy crackdown. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: But long story short, Miriam's a badass and she yeah. went after the people – and, like, what? She's, like, such a detective. I know. Sitting outside people's houses, like, peeing in cups. She's like, I'm going to get these motherfuckers.
0: That's really fucking badass. Yeah. We should all be Miriams. I just wish it. I just wish it was better for her in the end. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you can't, I mean, can't fuck with these gangs it would be but nice the fact that these could, people like but... kidnap
1: people and then they're like okay well we're done with that now we're just gonna return to our lives as if i didn't just like beat up this woman now i'm gonna like drive a taxi and support my kid it's like how do you switch that on and off
0: well and it makes me wonder how like obviously the cartels have their hands in a bunch of things but if like the banks have loans specifically for these and i'm sure they're getting interest for these loans like yeah, it sure. makes me think that the cartels got their fingers in the banks too it's like you're, you you know, any way to make money off of it. Like, well, that's f- fucked you, up. The, yeah. the banks are, like, making money off of this stuff.
1: Well, one of the avocado stories, this guy has, like, a farm, and he's like, yeah, we haven't been here for, like, years because, because like, a few years ago, I was, like, working on someone else's farm, and I was kidnapped, and, oh my God. and that, like, traumatized me. And then, like, a couple years later, like, my brother and father were kidnapped, and they, like, they wanted, like, five million pesos, or... <gasps> Like ten million pesos or something. He's like, we could only get together so many, and we still owe one point five million, like on the money we borrowed to pay for their ransom. And it's like, what the fuck? Yep. They're just people trying to like live and have a good life, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what the fuck? And everyone wants a cut. It's like Jesus. Money.
0: Fuck Money money. The world corrupt. It is the great corrupter. Yeah. I hate that.
1: Yeah, I know
0: two horrible stories about
1: two really a horrible stories bunch of
0: fucked up people <laughs> trying to look cool in their fucked up babysitters club gangs yeah we're
1: all life is hard we're all just trying to live it like give each other a break god damn yeah
0: stop kidnapping people
1: we're all just working hard trying to live
0: ugh that sucks
1: but speaking of badass mothers if you want to give your mother some love this
0: Holiday Mother's season. <laughs> oh, no. is Mother Love a Day.
1: Treat her to you. Treat her <laughs> to a gift box from Humble Herbal, or put together your own box, and they'll gift wrap it just the same. Check them out, humblebeeherbal.com. Promo code Crimey20 for 20% off your first order.
0: It's super easy. Do it. You'll not regret it. It's gonna be great.
1: <laughs> All right. Shall we lighten the mood?
0: I'm gonna lighten the mood with some crime and sex. And now for the portion that we like to call crime and sex, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you.
1: Oh, I saw. Uh, I don't know where it came from, but on Reddit there was this one story about this couple. Who like showed up to some someone's mansion because they God told them it was their like dream house and God told them that they could have their wedding there. So they just like invite all these people to have their wedding at this like mansion and the homeowners had no idea. What? They didn't ask for permission. Oh, they didn't ask anything, but the but the bride was just like, Well, God told me that it was gonna be okay. And they're like, You can't just show up at our house and like have a wedding here. What the fuck?
0: Well, to be fair, God did say it's okay, so as long as it's not gay. So,
1: (laughs) so true.
0: So carry on.
1: No, I don't think they were allowed to carry
0: on. What meanings? I think they're pretty pissed. Well, God is gonna smite them down. Smote them. Smote them. God will smote them. Smote them. Hmm. Modems. Anyway,
1: that's my uh, tidbit.
0: I like that. That's uh, almost a crime in Oh, sip. also,
1: did you know that uh, the word avocado comes from the oh shit, I forget which language yeah. the some language's word for testicle, <laughs> and they liked it better because they used to be called alligator pears. They liked avocado which, better. I
0: mean. Alligator pears is also or a word testicles. for alligator testicles, I would say. <laughs> So, <laughs> I got some real alligator pears on that one. That's what, uh, yeah. It's actually what they say when they're, you know, dog shows and stuff, I think. They're At always dog checking those. Shows. Yeah, you know, they like always checking like their that alligator pears. Like got some
1: good alligator pears. We got to make sure yeah. those alligator pears are still hanging or else that yeah. dog doesn't count.
0: Yeah, they're always like poking and prodding those poor little dogs. Okay.
1: Like, oh. Mm
0: mm-hmm, Mhm. Alligator pears. I'm going to start calling testicles that now. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> uh put a smile on my face. That's so gross. Uh <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, um. Okay, this one is from rd.com. I don't know what that is, but I found it there. All right. Mitchell DeSlate walked into a Baton Rouge, Louisiana hotel and asked the clerk for a room. The clerk wasn't a clerk. He was a state trooper, and the hotel was actually a state trooper station. <laughs> that's when Deslade was arrested and charged He's with like, driving while well intoxicated. He's like, yeah, give you a room.
1: <laughs> yeah. We got yeah. some bars on it. I hope that's okay.
0: E- yep, yep. He found himself <laughs> a nice girl. room for the night, because uh, he was definitely <laughs> driving drunk.
1: <laughs> hey, a free room, though? So, hey, I, I mean, bet they gave you a sandwich the next morning. Complimentary breakfast? Mm-hmm. Not too yep. bad.
0: Some slop. (laughs) Everyone loves some slop.
1: Oh, my God. That's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Okay. And then this one is from the same source, rd.com. Joseph Goat's alleged attempt to rob a York, Pennsylvania bank met with some snags. Cops say the first teller he tried to rob fainted, and the next two had no more cash in their drawers. Fed up, goats walked He stormed out, threatening to write an angry letter to the bank. So,
1: What are you going (laughs) to say? I tried to rob rob you. One lady fell over,
0: (laughs) wanted no money. One star. Uh, Would not rob here again.
1: Hardest bank to rob. (laughs) <laughs> I came in all prepared.
0: Yeah, and you guys had my could note not written, handle it. Fumbled.
1: Oh my God.
0: Completely fumbled.
1: We better get it together for next time.
0: And then this one is a little bit longer. It's from folkspaper.com. A Russian passenger kept creating chaos on an S7 airline by repeatedly taking off her undies <gasps> and putting them on again. Until the attendants Aww. were forced to tie her up with ropes and tape. Oh, when, no. <laughs> when an S-7 Airlines oh, aircraft no. took off from Vladivostok to arrive in Novosibirsk, a particular female, clearly under the influence, started disturbing fellow passengers and crew by taking her clothes on and off. <gasps> She continuously strolled up and down the aisles and did not pay any heed to the attendants or crew's instructions to settle in her seat. The thirty nine year old passenger was immediately framed as a potential risk to co passengers and crew, as well as the smooth journey of the flight, which is why S <laughs> seven flight attendants and travelers decided to tie her up with ropes and duct tape
1: to like, her seat. I don't
0: uh oh. I
1: don't even like being Uh, drunk on a plane. Like, how are people? I don't know. uh,
0: The decision was taken as a clever way to settle the environment and prevent the airline from diverting and wasting fuel because that one troublesome passenger.
1: They're like, we'll just tire up for the rest of the journey. Don't stop. Let's keep
0: going. Well, we got some duct tape and some ropes. I don't know. Whoever packed the duct tape and ropes. (laughs) don't you're know like, what you're I planning knew on it. using it before. I knew but, that I would need
1: these someday. One of these days. But,
0: you know. You I guys mean, made fun of me, but you knew. <laughs> One
1: of these days, we were going to need this. <laughs>
0: um, before landing at the airport, the passenger also admitted to taking synthetic drugs. The flight crew used the seatbelts to halt her head while <gasps> ropes and duct tape were used to prevent her arms and body from moving.
1: Now, I thought... Airplane seats were uncomfortable already, <laughs> and they never had to belt my head, so shit.
0: The six hour long flight Fuck. continued its way. Where upon landing, the cabin and flight crew called the police to arrest the passenger for traveling under the influence and posing a potential danger to oh others my on board.
1: Oh, God.
0: But yeah, you're right. What an uncomfortable flight. I mean,
1: okay, you're <laughs> trapped strapped down. You're trapped in this, like airplane in the air and you're gonna do drugs yeah. before you get on
0: yep and your uh, brain is in some kind of loop where you like take your clothes off and then put them back on but you know when you're like on like mushrooms or something and the concept of clothing is just so weird and yeah. you put a sock on and you're like did yeah. I do that right yeah. you got to do it again and you like take it off and you put it back yeah. on and you've been doing it for an hour and a yeah. half and it, yeah well I'm pretty yep. sure one
1: time I got on a plane and the guy standing in front of me like as we're I was getting on. I'm pretty sure he was on some kind of hallucinogen. His pupils were like huge. And he would just like turn around and kind of like smile at us. And I was like, oh. And then he like kind of laugh. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And I was like, how the fuck are you going to eat something, go through security, hope it doesn't kick in until you're at your gate? Because good luck finding your gate when you're like tripping balls. And then you're going to stand in line and be stuck on an airplane for hours. Yeah,
0: in a tiny chair that even the smallest of us don't fit into. Tripping. Tripping.
1: No, thank you. <laughs> Wait till you land. Jesus. <laughs> I can't. I cannot imagine. Like I said, I can't even be like tipsy on a plane without feeling very uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's already uncomfortable to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'd be like
1: people. even afraid. Yeah, I'd be afraid to be like high
0: on a plane <laughs> just
1: in case you have like a panic attack and you're just stuck there you can't get fresh air oh
0: yeah I've definitely had panic attacks on planes with uh, uh, eating edibles yeah. that were way too high in dosage
1: yeah I can't oh yeah, airplanes it's
0: not fun Ugh. nope can't get any fresh air no you're trapped in your little seat especially you can't if you're can't walk like, really mm-hmm. uh uh-uh. uh you got a window seat. You can't get out. You don't want to get out, though, because you're afraid to get out. are we in the air? Are we going to fall out of the air? Don't look out the window. Don't look (laughs) look anywhere. Put your head in your tray and cry. All these people
1: are gross and too close to me. They can't breathe.
0: Yep. 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 Just pull out that little doggy bag just in case you're going to throw up. And and stick it uh... right
1: over your head and just pretend you're somewhere else.
0: yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. They need to make bigger doggy bags. (laughs) Yeah, they're so
1: small. (laughs) They never hold
0: enough. (laughs) Oh, gross.
1: Well, on that note.
0: <laughs> on that note. Thanks for
1: listening.
0: Try not to puke in doggy bags. Yeah. Check us out next week. We'll be back with another episode. Rate, review, subscribe. And don't um, get high on planes. Just don't. And, I, I love mean, how
1: they didn't stop, though. They're just like, restrain <laughs> her. let keep going. <laughs> We can get through this together, everyone.
0: Yeah. Oh, don't forget to bring your ropes and duct tape next time you fly for unruly oh, passengers.
1: No. Yeah. No. No. Not unless you're a flight, if you're a flight attendant. Yeah. Okay. But if you're not, don't be trying to restrain passengers on your own.
0: Well, don't, I mean, you know, only when someone's like, does any You know how they always like, is, there like, a is anyone here? On yeah, yeah. Exactly what I was just saying. Does anyone
1: have ropes? Who's got the rape kit on the flight? <laughs> I
0: was thinking more like bondage, you know, like look for a leather daddy on the plane. <laughs> always, always look for a leather daddy. Hant, the one a,
1: who looks and smells like leather. The, the one who's the literally
0: leather. wearing leather. That's
1: <laughs> what I meant. That <laughs> like leather.
0: I mean, I guess if you're blind, you can give a sniff in the air and whichever way the leather is. Or that's you can the listen. The ropes.
1: Because he's going to be like, eh, <laughs> squeaky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep and um. check out our sponsors humble be herbal <laughs> buy your mom something nice and uh don't wear leather on a plane um and we will speak at you next week uh, goodbye goodbye goodbye
1: and they never had to belt my head digging digging splish and splashing this is all in poor taste <laughs>